0: Hello and welcome to Make Code Live. It's me, John Park, and uh, here I am inside of the Make Code and coming to you. Uh, if you are joining us over on Twitch, hello. Uh, I'm going to keep a little bit of an eye on the Twitch stream, but if you're looking to chat, then I recommend you head on over to. Discord. The Adafruit Discord is at adafruit.it slash discord and that's uh, where you'll find the the big chat happening. Uh, Also keep an eye over on YouTube, Uh, but I've only got so many eyes, so you know how that goes. Uh, Let's see. Uh, What we've got today is a project I'm going to be working on and showing you inside of MakeCode for Microbit. Uh, you can see I'm rearranging stuff a little bit here, and uh, what I'm gonna show today, I have a few um, cool little tips and tricks and things that I think you can apply to any project, uh, but inside of the uh, context of using the microbit as a music instrument controller, we're gonna use it to send. Uh, Notes, MIDI notes, Uh, if you're not familiar with MIDI, it's the still after, gosh, this was started back in 1983, but still today, MIDI is pretty much the predominant method of sending uh, information, data, between different musical instruments and controllers, electronic instruments and controllers, and computers as well. Uh, And it comes in a bunch of different forms, but uh, the the method we're going to use, with the micro bit is a little different than, than some I've used before. We're going to be sending MIDI information uh, using... Here, I'll pop down to a down shooter here for a second. And you can see uh, here's my little micro bit. I'm going to have the micro bit connected over USB and it's going to be sending serial data uh, messages over USB to my computer, this very computer right here that, uh, that I'm using. And then I have a little bit of extra software that's gonna bridge that serial data that comes from the micro bit over to some software that I'm gonna use. And I'll use the free, uh, it comes with your, if you have a Macintosh computer, I'm gonna use GarageBand. Uh, But there are plenty of free uh, synthesizer uh, apps and software out there for different operating systems, some that even just run inside of a web browser. Uh, If you're using a a Web USB or a a Web MIDI capable browser such as Chrome, there are some uh, pretty cool synthesizers you can use there that you can control with a MIDI controller. Now, when you think about a MIDI controller, often you'll think about this sort of thing, a little uh, keyboard that has a bunch of knobs and buttons and pads and things on it. Um, And this will work pretty much the same way. It's It's sending the same information. Uh, and it's going to be interpreted the same exact way when it lands in your, in your software on the other end, in your software synth. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I really like these MIDI projects is that we can use all kinds of little uh, controllers like a feather or a clue or the Circuit Playground Express to send MIDI data. Uh, but today I'm going I'm to use the micro bit. And one of the reasons for this is that there is a really convenient um, micro bit um, extension. Uh, Oh, gotta check my audio level. For some reason, my audio level is low. Sorry about that. Let's bring that up. How about that? I'm hoping that's better. Thanks, uh, C. Grover over in our Discord chat for mentioning it. I think my uh, audio level's low. I'm also not super close to my mic, so I'm just gonna move that in a little bit there. Uh, And just let me know if that starts peaking, because that's my other problem is then I get too loud. Um, So, uh, in MakeCode, so far, as far as I know, only the microbit and the Calliope, I think, those may be the only two um, boards, controllers, uh, microcontroller boards in MakeCode that have the MIDI extension that Microsoft wrote available. Um, there may be third-party ones that work on others, but I haven't used them before. Uh, and in fact, there are actually, I think, two flavors of MIDI extension for the micro bit that you can use. And one of them is the one I'll use today, which is over your USB cable using serial data. And there's also a version that works over Bluetooth. There's a there's a BLE MIDI. Um, and I'm not sure if that's real, real BLE MIDI or if it's uh, most of the projects I've seen using it send between two micro bits and one is... Uh, is hardwired to, to the, um, the receiving uh, synthesizer. So I'm gonna use this, uh, this sort of um, standard, almost old fashioned, but in a good way, uh, serial wired serial data type of controller here today. Um, and I'm just gonna check back in real quick. Uh, okay, better level on the audio and no clipping. That's a good sign. I'll, I'll dare to turn up my gain just a little bit. And uh, hopefully that stays good. So uh, let's get, first of all, a feel for um, what it means to be sending MIDI data from the controller. So uh, this is also a grand experiment for me because I I haven't tested, uh, hopefully we won't get an echo because I'm gonna be playing uh, audio through this. This is GarageBand. And uh, let's, let's look at it this way. Okay, so here's my, my micro bit, Um, and I'm gonna be checking a console here too. And I'll explain what all this is is about in a moment, but uh, I'm making sure that my serial data coming off of the micro bit is gonna be routed into uh, general MIDI use on the computer. And now GarageBand here just pretty much looks for any MIDI controller you plug in. I could plug in that controller that I just showed you and it would start working pretty much immediately. so now what's going to happen? I'm going to uh, turn up the volume a little on my computer, and hopefully we won't get an echo. Hopefully we'll hear something. Let's see. Okay, so you should have. I heard it, and hopefully you did too. Uh, oh, let me turn down that. I've got a mm, headphone volume that I was hearing. So I'm going to try that again, if you listen. Oh, now I've broken it. Let's see, did I... I turn down the wrong thing? Okay, one second. And let me just check that serial data again. I might have messed with it. Yeah, I sure did, all right. Okay, so here, uh, listen carefully. Okay, so I'm playing uh, a little melody uh, and it is heading from the micro bit to the computer and that's when I press the A button, it sends this little pattern with some rests in there as well. Uh, and it lands in this uh, garage band here. And right now it's playing this, uh, these are all software synthesizers. so I could pick a different one. How about uh, this little micro pulse one I like? Let me pick that. And let's also, well, let me check. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to switch over to this massive saws, ready? And you let me know, actually, I'm going to check the Discord chat. Uh, You let me know if that's not loud enough to hear. Board sound is very low. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm just going to simply move my mic over there while I give you a little playback demo for a second. Okay, and hopefully that's... uh, that's loud enough that you can hear what's going on. So the MIDI data doesn't have anything to do with the actual sound of the effect that we're hearing or the character of uh, the, the instrument. So all it's sending is note information, almost like sheet music. So you can, in this case, think of it as a simplified version of some sheet music. That's just telling us some notes uh, to play and their duration. So the pitch and duration. That's really all I'm sending right now. And, and I say right now because we can send more than that. Um, but right now I'm just sending this little uh, simple sound, uh, little melody. And what I've done is I've also set up the B button here to send out a chord. So it's gonna play uh, three notes at once. And you'll hear that. I'm gonna move that mic again when I do that so that hopefully you can hear that uh, pretty well. And I'm gonna do that one more time, but with a different synth. And some of these have a really long decay, which means they'll, they'll play or almost sustain that sound uh, for as long as we want. I gotta figure out which one does that. Uh, I can't remember, let's see, it might be this one. Okay, so you can see there that I actually set this one up so when I press the B button, it plays the chord and it holds it. It's as if you've got your fingers on the keys. It's going to hold that as long as uh, we want. It'll sustain it for as long as we want until we press it a second time and then it tur- turns off those notes. Uh, and if we take a look actually at uh, the code that I'm using, so let's, let's now finally get over to the, uh, to the make code session. Let me hide my... Uh, GarageBand there. So I'm gonna go ahead and hide the simulator. So we'll just be looking at the code and the categories here. Um, and I just, just a second ago, I said something pretty important as far as um, how MIDI works. I said that I'm sending a note on information for that chord. I'm sending a, 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 a MIDI message that says, play these three notes, um, maybe it's C, E and G. And only in this case, when I press that button a second time, does it send a note off piece of data or message. So uh, the messages are broken up into uh, note on and note off, and there are variations on how that's done. But in the, um, in the simplest form of that, it will send the note on message, and uh, until it hears otherwise, it's just going to keep playing that note. And depending on the type of uh, software synth that we've picked on the other end, you may not actually hear that that whole time if it doesn't have a long sustain or you may like that that last example it kind of swells and then it holds and it's going to hold for it'll hold all day until I press that second button and then it gets the note off message and then it finally releases uh, sort of a virtual sustain pedal or like taking your hands off the keys. Um, okay, so with that in mind, I'm going to talk about how the setup works here. So first of all, inside of Make Code, uh, and I'm going to put on my glasses here so I can read this well. Um, Inside of Make Code, I'm going to initially have to click on extensions down here at the bottom. Uh, And so if I click on that, I can then add different extensions to the main code that's available. Uh, And in this case, what you'll do is just type in the word MIDI, M-I-D-I. It stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface. So I'm going to type in MIDI, And when I hit return, I'll see two options show up. Remember, I mentioned there's regular MIDI. That's what I'm using, connected with a wire. And then there's this Bluetooth MIDI, which uses the radio, the Bluetooth radio. Uh, So we're using the the sort of default uh, classic MIDI here. So I click on this, which I've already done, so I won't do it a second time now. But once you've clicked on that, a new category will appear in your Categories list on the left here, and it says MIDI right there. It has a little music note in front of it. Um, and interestingly, you'll actually use this in concert with, pardon the pun, the music uh, blocks, which already exist by default. So um, typically, if you use the music blocks, you're just going to play sort of little bleepy sounds over the tiny speaker that's built onto the board, and um, and it's definitely fun and interesting, but it's also not the most musical sounding. Just the the, the timbre of the sound itself and the volume of it uh, doesn't really compare to plugging into your computer and using a software synth. But we will still use some things in here, such as uh, the tempo, uh, which is this block here for beats per minute. I'll use that just to set the tempo of a particular passage or a song, and that can be changed. Um, so something like 120 beats per minute, that's a pretty typical tempo that you'll you'll set something to. In fact, there's this uh, set tempo 120 block. That's the default there. Uh, and we'll also use rests uh, in here. So rest block allows you to uh, just do nothing, pause. It's similar to using a pause block. Excuse me, I gotta wipe these glasses. Um, and uh, the nice thing about the rest blocks is instead of working in milliseconds, we work in music note intervals, so things like a quarter note, a half note, an eighth note, a whole note, those are all uh, convenient to work with when we're talking about musical notes. So we will use some of those music blocks. Ah, oh, that's much better. Uh, but if I head down to MIDI here, uh, we'll take a look. In fact, I'm going to zoom up my interface a little bit so that those blocks are bigger. Um, so let's look at what we have here. First of all, there's this, this initial play section um these are interesting because they kind of uh marry the two worlds of the music types of blocks and midi and uh the reason i say that is if i look at this this midi play tone c for one beat block let's let's bring that in here um zoom that way up the way this one works is that it allows you to pick a uh a musical note using this little keyboard and I think I might have the little sound speaker turned off. No, it's on, but we're not hearing it. That's okay. Um, but when you're working with this, you can you can kind of preview your sounds by picking on this keyboard and it'll play a little tone. Um, and you can set the duration. So like I said, here's a whole step or one beat, half, quarter, eighth, sixteenth, uh, two holes or, qu- or four holes, whole notes. Um, and What this block does is it does a conversion under the hood that says, if you're trying to play a high C, for example, um, where'd that high C go? High C is 523 hertz or 523 vibrations per second of a wave. Um, If we pick this C, high C at 523 hertz, what's happening underneath the hood is that the uh, MIDI extension that we added will correlate that to a MIDI note. Um, What does this mean? Well, if we look at MIDI blocks again, and I'm going to scroll down a bit to this block here under channels, which has this, this this mysterious this note. uh, Let me put it up here. At sixty-nine, which is a MIDI note number for a duration of one beat, uh, that may actually be. Let's let's look over at a at a cheat sheet. Um, that may actually be the correlation between that C. Uh, is it? No, it's not. It's an A. Okay, so sixty-nine uh, note sixty-nine is an A for a high C. I think that's going to be eighty. Oh, sorry, seventy-two. Um, so what we're seeing here are different octaves, uh, and each octave has a um, set of twelve tones in it for western music and those are represented by twelve MIDI notes and so those start at zero and they end at one hundred and twenty seven so that's the full range of notes that you can express over MIDI it's a long it's a lot of, lot of notes uh, more than a more than a piano which is usually eighty eight keys um, so the reason I show you that is that a high C is, if I have this right, it's either 72 or, or 60, but I think it's the 72. Um, and so if I set this uh, block here to a 72, uh, these would do essentially the same thing. I'm not showing some of the mechanism of, of what this this business is right here. Why is this variable here? We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but these are essentially doing the same thing. and so. If you start to do things in the MIDI world a lot, you get used to these note numbers. And these these will make sense uh, to use these note numbers. If you're using um, either this little virtual piano here or note names or frequencies, then, then this will make more sense. But in the end, these will both send the same MIDI message. Um, so if I bring in my little... Um, debugger here, this is a a terminal window or a command line interface. Um, If we look at, uh, let me get that off of my face for a second here. There we go, that's a little better. If we look at what happens here, this is when I, I'll go ahead and play that little melody again. So you'll see for every note that was played, pressed, and released, we get a message. So that's two messages per note To be played, there's a message, and to be released, there's a message. Um, And what this debugger is showing me is that there's a message for uh, sending a note, uh, note on, which is this 144, and uh, sending the note off, or lifting the finger off of the the key, which is this 128. And here is that note number. So uh, remember I said, I think, uh, was it 72 is the high C? So these are uh, in, the, in the mid-range here, but these are all notes. Uh, looking back at this uh, chart here, we can see some of those notes there. So I'm uh, working with these, uh, this octave here and this octave here. Um, and then the last bit that you saw here, this 127, this is the velocity. So a lot of uh, MIDI con- controllers allow you to press lightly, medium, hard, and it can actually uh, tell. Uh, I- ideally 128 variations of how hard you press. In practice, it sometimes isn't that much, um, but a, a 127 is the full um, velocity, so it, it gives it more oomph, and that can be uh, interpreted a lot of different ways. But in this case, it will it'll be sort of a loudness. How how loud did we did we uh, play the note? Um, so, getting back now to uh, the MIDI um, category of blocks here. So, I said we've got this play. Um, we're going to ignore this this drum stuff, actually. Whoops, I didn't mean to bring that in. We'll ignore that for now. Um, here is... Remember I said that we're really always sending a MIDI note on and a MIDI note off. So these two blocks are a little more honest about what happens under the hood. This one just is convenient because it um, wraps up an on, a pause, and an off for you all in a single block. So it's really nice. Um, But but to break it down to its elements, it's really going to be a tone on or a note on and a note off uh, with some uh, pause in between. A MIDI pitch bend allows you to do like it says, vary the, the pitch. So you'll hear on a MIDI keyboard, there's often a wheel on the side or sometimes a, a joystick. It allows you to usually pitch up an octave, and, or a, a, a whole step rather, and down a whole step, or maybe two and two. So you can hold a note and just hear it come up and down in, in pitch. Um, so that's a, a block that we can use. Um, I'm gonna ignore these constants for a second. And now these ones here, uh, we brought one of these out before. Remember I said these are a little more about what, um, uh, a direct translation of how MIDI works. And so we have things like the note on and the note off, and we can specify the the note number. Here's the set velocity. So if I wanna change the the velocity um, of a a particular key press or a, a section of them, I can use that. Here's the pitch bend. Uh, this is this set instrument, which allows us to pick different um, patches or presets. Uh, and then there are some other, uh, these are pretty advanced. Uh, it's, it's common stuff you find in all MIDI things, but a lot of it's really necessary. Things like um, turning all sounds off, uh, changing no- knobs and dials with uh, a thing called control change or CC. Um, being able to change the aftertouch, what happens when you lift off, is there some secondary sound that happens when you release. Um, And then we have at the bottom here, these are actually one of the first ones we're gonna use in the program, which is how are we sending this data? So we're gonna end up sending uh, raw MIDI serial data. Um, Oops, hold on one second. Hey, that was nice. <laughs> you just got a, a good glimpse into a weird uh, message stream. So enjoy that later if you pause on it. Uh, I was trying to bring up Discord. There we are. Um, sounds like... Oh, good. Yeah, sounds like setting the speaker next to the, the microphone next to the speaker helped a lot. Thank you. Um, and so let's get this set up. So if I look at my scene here, I'll get rid of these extra blocks. Uh, first, we'll go to startup. So on start i move this a little bit out of the way here. Okay. Uh, so I can actually put this one first, this use raw serial. Uh, and that's what is going to define things like the um, transmission speed and the parity and start and stop bits. So these are all communication protocols. Uh, uh settings that allow uh, a device or a piece of software to receive the MIDI message and know what to do with it, to, to be able to say, oh, that was one uh, seven-bit message that meant press the middle C uh, and, and so on. So we will set this, use raw serial, that one works well. Um, then uh, I said that there's some setup that's required. So if you um, you can actually just Google this micro or search this on the internet, Microbit MIDI, and you'll find very quickly uh, some articles on setup. And what they usually require you to do is create a serial to USB MIDI transport uh, layer, and so, or, or helper. Um, so there's a piece of software called Hairless MIDI that was very popular for this. Uh, it does not work on the current version of the operating system I'm on. It doesn't work on Catalina, but it worked on previous Mac OS, and it may work on Windows and Linux. Um, so that's a t- typical one. It has a nice graphical interface and it just says we're going to bring in things that are coming over whatever um, uh, TTY port that the micro bit is plugged into. And we're going to send all that data over to uh, look like a USB MIDI device that's plugged in. I'm doing a similar thing with a piece of software. It's what I, I keep showing over here in this um, window here. If I, uh, let's see if I can, that for a second um it's called serial midi it's a it's a python script that that um i found online and it's got a nice readme it tells you how to set it up uh this is what the command i'm sending looks like so i'm i'm using um i'm I'm specifying in python 3 let me make this wide that's about as wide as i can go make it all the way wide then it'll read like read like one line so that's what it looks like. It's similar if you've done um, open serial ports up on any microcontroller, particularly uh, on CircuitPython. We use this a lot. It's what's going on under the hood in Moo with CircuitPython. Um, but here I'm saying run this program with whatever device is plugged in. So it looks like a USB modem to it. That's my micro bit. Uh, this is the speed it's being sent at. It's actually 11.5200. And then the name of the in and out buses are something that's happening on the system level. So uh, if I look at uh, this, is part of the operating system uh, audio MIDI setup. And in MIDI Studio, I have an I C driver that has this. Um, bring this over for you. Uh, has this little setup that takes this port uh, in, uh, and those are the named ports that I'll be using in any any application. Um, Let's apply that, minimize that. Uh, And then if I look at uh, a piece of software like MIDI monitor, uh, and there's lots of these free uh, pieces of software that will show you what's happening on MIDI ports, you can see here, um, I should be able to, let's run this. Once uh, I run this over in my MIDI monitor software we should get here, I'm gonna re I'm gonna relaunch MIDI monitor, so it shows us that source. Oh, it's not showing up, all right. We'll ignore that, because I don't wanna break things. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that should be showing up in there as a MIDI source, and you can hear it's still showing up to my uh, software synthesizer as a source. Okay, so uh, I know this is a lot of explanation, but I, I, I think it's nice to understand what's happening under the hood a little, and then you can, you can really play. So let's really play. Um, so what I'm doing when I set up, uh, first of all, you'll see I've got this use raw serial. Uh, then I've also got, uh, I'll rearrange these. I've got this set tempo. Um, and remember I pulled that just out of the normal music, um, category. So I can say what tempo the song is playing at. And then, uh, I am calling some, uh, functions that I created. And that's just to neaten up my code. These could, these could happen right here, but I decided to um, break them off into their own so that they're a little easier to understand. So let's first take a look at define notes. Um, remember this chart. so this chart shows me that a C2, and sometimes these are this convention is off by an octave and this would be called a C3. Uh, but I think a C2, the way I'm using it is a 48. And a C sharp is a forty nine, and a D is a fifty. So I want to create a version of that right inside of MakeCode. So this function that I have that's called uh, define notes. If I open this up, uh, you can see here I've got A, A sharp, B, C, C sharp, D, and so on. And I've defined two octaves worth. So I've got actually A two through. G sharp two and then A three up through A four. So I got an extra note on the end there. Um, So what this is is simply an array. If I look down in um, the make code arrays over in the advanced categories, I can create a text list. So that's what I started with. So I started with a text list and I just simply added to it until I had enough space to type in these note names. Uh, And since these are text, I'm going to be able to refer to these a little more neatly if I look at uh, a piece of music or if I look at a tab chart for like a guitar tab chart or a set of chords. Uh, This is nice because it means I can enter in the song just as letter names, which is uh, a lot easier for me at least than trying to keep track of MIDI note names. But in order for the program to work, it does need that correlation between uh, sort of human readable names and MIDI note numbers. So what I've got is a second uh, array. This one is a list of numbers. So again, over in arrays, under list, this is a number list and this one is a text list or, um, yeah, so, so strings can be here, integers can be here for our purposes. And so I've got this list of whole numbers. Uh, 45 is the first number and that correlates to our, our A, Two. Looking at this chart again. So, uh, a two. What did I say it was? Fifty-seven. Is that what we started on? Uh, let's see. No, forty-five. Okay, so it's off by the octave, like I, like I was saying. It can be. So forty-five. That's that's where we're starting. So that's the that's the two. Ignore this octave one. This is a. Uh, one of those battles that's never going to be won, and we have to live with both. So those numbers then just go up and each uh, number represents a half step. Uh, So every MIDI note number is a half half step or semitone. And I have exactly the same number of these in this list as I do in this list. So the question then becomes, how are we going to Refer to one of these and then have the software figure out that we mean one of these. So notice that I said these are all in order. So if I use any code that says, hey, tell me what uh which number in the list or which index. So this is index zero. That's the first thing in this list, it starts at zero. This is the second thing, so this is a one. So zero, one, two. Uh, So if we ever ask for a B2, we need code that will say which index in this array, the note name list, as I called it, is uh, the B2. So we're going to have it look through and it's going to give us back an answer. There's actually one really convenient block that does this for us. I'll show you in a second. Uh, And it will say, okay, in the note name list, if you're asking for a B2, that is index item 2. So, 0, 1, 2. Then I'm going to have a piece of code that says, okay, retrieve for me from this other list whatever number lives in that third slot or item 2. So, 0, 1, 2, and it's a 47. So, 47 is the MIDI note number for the B2. And again, we can confirm that on our our little MIDI chart here, Uh, a B is 47. Yeah. Hope I got that right. Yes, it's 47. Um, So that is one of the first things we're doing in this this software is just simply uh, preparing these two lists so that we can refer to things by number. Uh, so let me minimize this define notes. And now what I'm doing is I'm calling in and defining a couple of songs. Actually, I actually have two on here. I've just been playing the one little melody. Uh, so define song A. Let's let's see what happens there. Uh, define song A. Uh, this is simply a, another text list, and I've set in here uh, a little pattern of notes, C, E, F, A, C two rests, A, a rest, and an A that's up, up an octave. Um, and then for convenience for myself, I've also created a thing that's the song length, uh, which is generated for us. So if I go and add a note to this, I don't need to update things in a whole bunch of places. Instead, I just tell um, this variable that I made called song a length to find out the length of this array so this is a block that can just say how many items are in that list, uh, and I want to get one item less than that, uh, so that we stop on the final note and don't go one beyond. Again, because of because of the way the indexing works, um, since we start things on zero, uh, if this is let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten items, I'm going to actually stop things on nine because those those things will always start on zero. So zero to nine will be ten items. Um, so this is how the song is defined. Um, and then uh, the other setup that we're doing is I'm creating a variable that I'm calling lead keys. This, is, this could be synth, this could be grand piano, whatever you wanna name uh, the instrument that you're playing and tell it which MIDI channel it's happening on. So in order for a lot of items to coexist, MIDI can have 16 different channels. So that could be plugged into 16 different synthesizers, for example. Um, And so I'm going to use MIDI channel one, which is a pretty typical standard uh, channel to use. Um, And then for something we'll use later, we'll we'll ignore this for now. This is a a little switch that we can flip. So then what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what happens when I try to play a note. So the way I'm playing, or or rather one of these songs, so the way I'm playing these is with my uh, buttons. So remember, if I press a button, let's, let's hear some stuff. We haven't heard some stuff in a while. So that was that little song that we just looked at. And if I look at what happens when we're pressing A, uh, here's here's what it's going to do. We'll um, iterate through from zero to whatever that song length number was. Remember, that was our our actual length of the array, minus one. So this will go from zero to nine uh, for this song that has 10 notes in it um for uh what we're going to do is we're going to use a little bit of a comparison uh logic to look and see when we retrieve one of those note names so i think we said that that let me let me bring that that song definition uh over here so we can look at both so when we uh run through this the first time. So index is a variable that starts out at zero, and each time we go through this loop, it's gonna add one. So on the first time through, it will say if the song A lists value at zero in this case, so that's this, C2, if that uh, value, that string, or that character or text that we're seeing, if it's not an R, and that's because I decided to use an R to stand for a rest. Um, it's, it's fairly simplistic. It's, it's whatever the, um, I'm kind of making everything be a half beat here in this case. Um, so if we see a rest, uh, sorry, if we, if we don't see the letter R, then that means that we're going to proceed. If we do see a R, we'll jump down here and we'll just rest for that that uh, one, one cycle through of seeing an R. But this first time through, the value we get is this C2. And so what happens in that case is this is proven to be true. The value is not an R. So we go ahead with this next block. And this block is uh, a function that I created called convert note to MIDI number. Uh, And the argument that we're feeding it when we run this is whatever that value uh, was. So the song a list get value at index is C2 this first time through. So we're gonna say convert note to MIDI number C2. So that's what we're feeding it. So what does that function do? Let's go and have a look at this. Uh, Convert note to MIDI number. And I'm gonna open up my note definition too and bring this down here so we can look at all that. Okay, so we've just called this convert note to MIDI number this function and we're saying the argument to it is the letter C2, the piece of text called C2. Um, so it all happens in these two blocks. First, we're going to set a variable called note index. This is me finding out which number in which slot that's in in the list. So I'm going uh, to create this variable called note index, and I'm going to set its value to be the note name list find index of note. So remember, I said there's a really cool block here. It is. If I if I look over in arrays. Uh, I think it's is it down at the bottom? Yeah, operations. List find index of. This is a really cool block. This thing is doing a whole bunch of comparisons and it's saying, I'm looking at every little slot in this definition list until I find one that has a C2. And when I do, I'm going to uh, remember its index number. So here here it'll look through and it'll say, is this a C2 at index zero? No. Is this a C2 at index one? No. Index two, no. Index three, yes. So index three is the answer to uh, what this variable gets set to. So now that set note index variable equals three, the next thing happens, which is we're gonna set a variable called MIDI note to be whatever that uh, note list's value is at three. So scroll down to that note list and look for item three, zero, one, two, three, it's a 48. So that means that if we go back to uh, our, what happens when we press the button, we've now gotten a variable called MIDI note to be, we uh, forget what I said now, 48. Uh, so now we're going to use this MIDI block here, it was this MIDI this note duration, so we're going to send to MIDI channel one, that's what this lead keys stands for, the note uh, 48, is that what I said, yep, the note number 48, and it's going to have a duration of a half a beat, so that's what gets sent over serial. Um, and then uh, it will repeat this for every item in that song list. So it's going to send the MIDI note numbers for C, E, F, A, C. It's going to hit a rest. So it jumps down here and it just does a rest. It hits another rest, does it again, uh, and then an A, a rest, and an hi- a higher A. So if we um, if we go ahead and play that now, let's, uh, let's pop back down to our down shooter, uh, and we'll, we'll actually open up the view to look at GarageBand here. And you know what, I'm also going to pop open this little guy here so we can see um, those messages come through. So remember that first note that gets played is a C. So if we look at, um you listen, you'll hear it. Okay, the first note it played was this 48. Uh, this is left over from the previous time through. So that's the first note that was just played. And that's a note on followed by a note off. This doesn't tell us the duration that's happening, but it's just not putting that message into the debug. Um, so that gives us uh, the 48, 52, 53, 45, 48, 45, and then the octave jump to 57. So those are the MIDI notes that were being sent. Uh, and that's how, they're, that's how we're sending them. Uh, so let's uh, go back to... Uh, the full program here. And uh, in fact, before I move on, let's just check if we have any questions. Oh, let's see. There's a good discussion over in um, the uh, Discord chat about some, some various strategies, which is, which is great. Uh, David G says, why not do index plus 45? Uh, that's a really great, great suggestion. Um, that would allow us to read these indices and not have the second list. Um, and the only reason not to do that is I didn't think of it. <laughs> really good idea. Um, I did. I was excited, though, to, to be able... I've used this one before, but I don't think I've shown it. To, to be able to use this um, find index of block is really cool because um, so, it allows you to search through a list and find out which number has that, that item. Um, okay, so that's what happens when I press A. Now, I mentioned uh, two other things. I've got two songs in here. Um, so the other song, I'm actually just... Defining as song B, so remember in the startup we defined song B, and that is uh, this one here. It's a little bit of a longer melody, uh, and I have the press A and B buttons together. Uh, hold on, I'm going to collapse all the blocks and just open this one. Um, so I have this one set. If I play, if I press both A and B at the same time. Uh, then we'll get a uh, a different song. So, um, yeah, that'll yeah that'll work. So uh, if you if you listen, I'm gonna press these two at the same time. I'm gonna move my microphone over there. Let's See if we hear a different song. This one you might recognize. I made up that other one. This one's a famous song from the eighties. It's a bit repetitive, uh, but the song is, it's the model uh, from Kraftwerk. So uh, hopefully there were some, uh, some guesses over in the Discord. I probably should have let that simmer before I gave it away, but I was so excited. Um, so uh, you'll notice one thing I was doing is uh, when I press these together, MakeCode will naturally not interrupt an uh, operation that's happening inside of one of these button presses uh, until it completes it. You can do different button presses on top of each other, which I'll demonstrate in a moment. Uh, but these, if I press it three times in a row, it kind of buffers that and it gives us perfect timing. So it'll just play it with the, the exact interval necessary to, to loop one after another, which is pretty nice. Um, and in fact, someone uh, mentioned in the chat that you can use um, uh, Python to do very similar kinds of things. And there's a lot of, a lot of power in there. Um, but for me, one thing I've, I've, I've found just in the little bit that I've been using the micro bit make code with MIDI is that um, because make code is threaded, it makes it very easy for me to do things like play a chord and while it's playing, go ahead and, and play a melody on top of it, um, which I struggle with that type of uh, uh, code sometimes in, inside of CircuitPython. That's my own deficiency, not CircuitPython's. But for me, this is, I, I can get this very easily. I can understand how I can do things at the same time here. Um, and so speaking of that, that's a, that's a bit of a, a segue here. If we uh, go back now and look at, um, let me minimize this block for a second. Uh, if we look at what happens when we press the button A or rather the button B, uh, I'm gonna bring this over. So this one I approached a little differently. If we Uh, Take a look at the code in here. Um, I'm no longer using that uh, sort of catch-all block. I'm not using this guy that that wraps up a whole bunch of stuff at once. Uh, And the reason is these will, I believe these will play sequentially. If I put three of these on top of each other, it's going to play one note for the duration, and then it's going to move on to the next one, and then it's going to move on to the next one. By using MIDI messages in a a more elemental form here, what I can do uh, is I can send three notes essentially at the same time. Uh, There's going to be a a tiny, maybe a fraction of a millisecond delay uh, between these, but it's nothing that I hear. Uh, And I'm even toggling on some LEDs, so it's taking a little bit of time to do that as well. But these, in essence, play like a chord. These will play all at the same time when we press note on. Uh, And that's because I'm not giving them the duration. I'm just saying, turn the note on. Uh, I'm specifying some notes here by number. I didn't use my uh, converter there, just uh, for no particular reason. I was just, I did this first. So this is a remnant of how I worked on this. Um, And then I mentioned that in the startup, I have a variable that's a a little Boolean, uh, true false toggle. Uh, So this variable called held chord initially I'm setting it to false which means I'm not there's no chord being held uh, and then I just use that so that I can use the button B like a toggle the first time we press it it switches that variable to true uh, for held chord it plays all the notes the next time I press it it will find this condition not to be true it is on held chord so that means it's jumping down to the else section uh, and then it sends the note off message so this is a little more of an elemental note on note off as far as MIDI goes. Uh, and that's what gives us this held chord. In fact, let's um, we'll switch to a different synth here. Uh, let's see. I think uh, this one might hold synthetic voice. So now I'll press. You'll see the um, B button causes the chord to play, and it's going to also light up some LEDs. And it will stay stay playing if that if that synth has a long duration. Now, uh, one other thing that this gives us the ability to do that's pretty cool um, is, uh, for one thing, play a chord and then play a melody on top. So let's try that. These don't necessarily go together, but they're not awful. Okay, which is great. I can now lay down some... uh, um, a backing chord or a bass line and then play a melody on top of it. Uh, One thing I'm not doing here, and partly it's just because I don't know GarageBand very well, um, but we can send uh, to different MIDI channels. Uh, So the button B could be sending to MIDI channel 2, and that could be played on a, uh, let's say, a big lush pad type of uh, synth and then we could be sending that melody line to a more lead type of synth uh, on MIDI channel one. So if your software will support uh, having different instruments on different tracks, then you could send out uh, up to 16 uh, instruments all at once, um, which is pretty cool, Uh, which also means you could set this up just as sort of a MIDI playback machine. You could have a a micro bit that just plays different MIDI songs, and if you get everything all set up, it can be your little uh, weird Walkman. the uh, other reason that, I've, that I wanted to show having a held chord is that um, I've got one other little trick uh, here to show, which is I mentioned control change. Uh, and control change is um, essentially any knob that you might change on, the, on a synthesizer. Um, if we hold a note down or hold the, hold the chord down, and then start sending a control change uh, in, in a, uh, a way we're gonna modulate the way that sound, uh, the, the sort of structure of the sound, the timbre of the sound, the harmonics that you hear in the sound, um, we can give some sort of movement and, and motion and life to the sound. Um, I've created a function here that's called LFO. This stands for Low Frequency Oscillator. And it's a typical way of sending some sort of a change in um, the way that your sound is modulated. And so uh, what I have here, if we look at it, is that I'm sending um, this MIDI channel one, that's what this lead keys variable stands for, uh, is getting a control change. So I used this block, this control change, zero to zero. So what this is asking for is which MIDI channel uh, or which MIDI control change channel are we sending to? Uh, and what's the value we're sending to. So the values range from zero to 127. The different control change channels um, here, in in this example of this MIDI keyboard, I think seven of these eight are are sending fairly standard MIDI control change. Um, This one has a, a joystick that goes, I think, up and down for pitch bend and left and right for modulation. So we use modulation. That one's uh, typically wired up to do something interesting on most software and hardware synths. Uh, And that is a message that goes out over control change channel one. So I've got this control change one, that's the channel, and then I'm sending essentially an ascending and a descending ramp of values. So it's going to go up to 127 and then back down to zero. Uh, The rate that it runs is dependent on what I feed it when I call the function. Uh, So this will be a pretty fast one. So this is one millisecond pause between each step there. Um, So what I'll do is I'll place a uh, forever loop, and it's just going to constantly run um, the... Let me find it here. Basic, there it is, basic forever. Uh, It's going to essentially constantly call that LFO, Um, run through it, run through it, run through it. I think that'll work. Um, And then if we hold a chord down, we should hear that modulation. Now, in order for this to work, I gotta um, upload new code because I didn't have that running. And uh, we'll take a look at what happens in the serial monitor. We should see values streaming pretty much constantly going zero to 127 and back down to zero. So that's gonna be happening and then we should also be able to play chords. Um, and I may not have the threading uh, working great here. So it might, it might need to wait for uh, between those LFOs to run before it plays our chord. So we might set it up differently, but let's try this out. So uh, first of all, let's take a look at the, um, oops, no, quit that. <laughs> no, no, don't launch my mail. Where did my, there it is, there's my terminal. Uh, so you can see it's now running that LFO, that low frequency oscillator. Uh, It's sending a control change to channel one and its value is going from zero to 127 and back down. Um, So that's already happening. In fact, if I just plug in my MIDI keyboard and hold a note, we should hear that. Um, But I'll instead press my my B button on here, which will uh, allow it to um, hold a chord. And I'll move my... uh, I'll move my mic over so that we hear it. So take a listen. We should hear the the sound changing over time. Oh, I'm not hearing it at all. All right, let let me restart the serial monitor. Why am I not hearing it? What did I do? What have I done? Oh, I've I've errored this guy out, right. Let's Have this working, I promise. But I've broken it now. Okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I will try um, plugging in a keyboard so that the micro bit will just be sending the control change and um, the keyboard will be used to play notes Let's see how that works so let me just plug in my little midi controller here and okay so we should hear okay so what i'll do is uh stop this monitor so we can hear a before And move the mic over so listen to the sound of this. I might change to a different synth, but listen to the sound of this. And now I'm going to restart. So that little wow wow that's going on that's the modulation that's happening, just as if I were moving the modulation. With this pitch bend. So there's the modulator on the keyboard itself, and that's just happening automatically there. Um, so you can imagine with. Um, let me stop this guy now. Uh, so you can imagine that with uh, all of the different types of inputs that you have on a microcontroller like the micro bit. Uh, and there are a lot of different control CC sort of knobs to send. We can do things like use the accelerometer uh, and just move the tilt the uh, the controller around to send different types of pitch bends or um, uh, CCs. Uh, uh, to be honest, I find pitch bend to be really annoying when you hook it up to things like this because you want to use pitch bend sparingly, and it just tends to go off all the time if you hook it up to something like an accelerometer. Um, unless you leave it on the table and then kind of nudge it every once in a while but uh, a little goes a long way with pitch Bend um, things like light sensors touch sensors um, and then you can hook up other external things on there I believe there's a magnet sensor we can use on the on the micro bit that might be a fun one just as you as you move the the magnetic sensor you get uh, pitch bends so um, that just about covers it what I'll do uh, before we go is just show the um, Share code for this, and in case anyone wants to uh, use it, there's the QR code. Uh, I might need to move this. Uh, you can also use that URL there, um, and uh, that covers it. So that is the basics of uh, MIDI inside of Make Code using Microbit. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun digging into this, and uh, I think there's another Make Code live stream coming up next on the uh, Microsoft Twitch. Dot TV MS Make Code channel. So uh, for Microsoft and Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and this has been Make Code Live. I'll see you next week. Bye bye.